Hello, Herd, and welcome to another episode of the Herd Main Show. I'm your Herd Leader, John Wayne. And I'm Frieza for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And welcome to, uh, I think I already said, the Herd Main Show. Yes, you did. Well, welcome again. Um, Hi. Man, you're back fast. Uh, It's like the, do you want to see me run from that here? (laughs) You want to see me do it again? Yeah. Uh, No, uh, glad you're here. Pull up a seat, get comfy, and ready to get ready to have your uh, heart broken. we are finally talking about the long-awaited, apparently, um, novel Dark Disciple. Yeah, it's one of those things, like, we talked about talking about Dark Disciple, which is something that happens very often on this podcast. We talk about talking about stuff. And then all of a sudden, all of this, like, Ventress fan art comes out of the woodwork, and people are super stoked to hear our thoughts on Dark Disciple. Yeah, so lots of pressure. Um, thanks. So much pressure. Thanks for that. Um, no, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I talked about it, uh, a little bit last week because last week was the episode originally we were going to talk about it yeah, because it was going to be a part of a conversation. Um, there were certain things I knew I wanted you to, uh, experience being a Clone Wars fan, uh, newly converted, um, and, uh, Dark Disciple, Son of Dathomir, uh, were two of them and the original, completed story reels um obviously you know as we mentioned the story reels some are completed so we got to see those um so that took that off the uh list yeah but we still had dark disciple we still had son of dathomir we still had a few other ones um and but getting into dark disciple it's just so much because yeah you know, Son of Dathomir is a comic series, uh, a four-part comic series, and um, I love comics, and they're fantastic, but the reason series, comic series are so long-running is because you don't tell a lot of story in a dozen to 20-page, you know, yeah. thing. Um, most of the story is visually transmitted, so it also means that they can be shorter but quicker, um, but it usually takes a lot longer to get places. Um, I mean, this would have been probably a 20 or more uh, comic issue yeah. if, if they wanted to do that. Not that we would complain. Well, no, no, it's not to downplay. It's just it's two different transmissions. Yeah. Um, so, you know, talking about uh, and reading them, it, it's not an entire episode unless we really wanted to get into the minutia of it. Talking about... Uh, the beats of uh, unreleased episodes and whatnot is kind of hard without having the complete stuff. So, you know, there was a lot last week that was able to fit in one, but uh, mm. Dark Disciple being uh, 11 hour novel, um, yes. not really, uh, not really something you can do justice and do as a part of an episode, you know, as a no. segment. And there's just so much meat on this turkey. I yeah, mean, exactly. Like for Pete's sake, you get character development, you get backstory mm-hmm. in a way that you never experience would expect. You get a lot of stuff. Yeah, um, and so to really uh, give it some attention, and also because as we talked about it, more and more people uh, got excited. We yeah. wanted to really deliver on that because that seemed to be, uh, you know, Dark Disciples seems to be very uh, well received by a lot of people. Um, I really love it, and so. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it deserves its own episode. Absolutely. I think so, too. Um, and so uh, we'll kind of chit-chat a little bit um, 
as a, a bit of setup, and then yeah. we'll kind of follow the beats of the story and discuss the major parts. Yeah. That's essentially how we're planning to kind of uh, talk. It's not a re- it's not a review, other than to say go read it or read check it. out the audiobook. It's amazing. <clears throat> um, that's the review, uh, and it's not a page by page analysis so much. It's mm-hmm. it's more uh, hey, we both just digested something. How do you feel? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, how do you feel after after that meal? Um, so hopefully uh, it's an interesting to follow along with. And a lot of it, we hopefully will get some uh, input back from. Yeah. Uh, that's something we always look forward to in any episode we do is, hey, we put it out there to the ether and see the uh, reaction. It's like spaghetti. You just throw it at the wall to make sure it's done. Yeah. And see and what happens. Sticks. You get um, delicious wall spaghetti. You get wall spaghetti. Wall spaghetti. Mom's mom's, mom's <laughs> Yes, mom's sweaty because of the spaghetti. <laughs> that's a, that's how you know it's good spaghetti. Mom's sweaty. Um, I'm sorry, I cracked myself up with my own joke, and now this is going to. You be usually my life. do because you, you're the only one that likes your own jokes. Apparently, you're absolutely accurate. Um, so going into this, um. The, the two main characters are Asajj Ventress and Quinlan Vos. Yes. Uh, full spoiler cast, by the way. Oh, yeah. Which goes without saying should, but don't don't uh, stick your sweaty mom. Safe bet this. in general, we're going to be talking spoilers on any given episode. Um, just assume yeah. it, because we're assuming if you're listening to an episode about something, you've watched the yeah. something. <laughs> this has been sanctioned by Spoiler Owl. Spoiler yeah. Owl. There you go. Like, just, just so you know. So, um, main characters, Asajj Ventress and Quinlan Vos, yes. um, before even getting in there, um, knowing the focused characters of this, was that interesting at all? What, what were your opinions going in on these two characters? Not, uh, and I, I really want to stress yeah. before the book. I know. Just because I, I, I want, I want to get a clean. You want to get the raw deal. Well, I, I want to see what the book did to your opinions mm-hmm. of characters. I think I've said before, like in the first couple seasons of, well, not first couple seasons, in the first season of Clone Wars, I did not like Ventress as a character. I thought that she was a little much, but that was just, you know, where I was with the character, not really knowing much about her, just experiencing the flamboyancy with which she did her biz. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, arguably she yeah. wasn't a character exactly at that point. No but, one was a, I mean, yeah. I, technically I guess Anakin and Obi-Wan and certain big names have the benefit of mm-hmm. having inherited character from the films and all that. Yeah. Um, so you know what you're getting uh, versus uh, quote unquote new She'd only appeared in comics and the 2003 series by then. Exactly. And that's where my opinion kind of came from, which I didn't really have a very big opinion from her com- of her coming from the 2003 series because she wasn't well, she was, that much of a character. Yeah. I mean, she was a, a one-act villain. Yeah, she was a one-trick pony. Um, much like... Well, she served person. one... Per- I mean... The thing is, they. I, I think if the show hadn't been so limited run and it hadn't been so short form, uh, they probably would have done more. But mm-hmm. they probably were just like, "Well, we got to do something." I mean, they left it to where she's the door's open. She technically didn't visual. You didn't see her die. Yeah, that's where the comics came from, mm-hmm. and even Dave Filoni treated it that way because Dave Filoni early on in 
the 2008 series treated the 2003 series as real. Yeah. Um, so that's why he didn't really introduce Ventress. Yeah. Because so. from what we understood... She already sure, was. An introduction. Yeah, and a, a good bit of that is still true. I mean, and, and as far as mm-hmm. uh, Dooku uh, recruiting her on Rat Attack and and her kind of being a gladiator, yeah. uh, serving under a Jedi, like all of these things come built in. Yeah. But you get those much later in the series, as far as interest, much later in the 2008 series. Yeah. To kind of backpedal. What pony isn't a one-trick pony? Like, what is, what is a trick that a pony would know other than jumping? Several, if you watch the shows. Like, the the weird ones where they jump over stuff and they walk backward. I mean, you've been to Medieval Times. I have been to Medieval Those Times. Those are, like, at least seven trick ponies. Hey, rural farm boy, tell, us, tell me about the pony. What do you he has horses? <laughs> because he's a rural farm boy. There's more than just horses, There's horses on a farm. horses on a farm, though. You don't have to have a horse to have a farm. At least a cow and a couple of chickens. Not though. a great farm without a horse. Why? It's like horses are not the only majestic animal. It's like what makes a house a home. What makes a farm a horse? Not a not a horse. All right. Agree to disagree. Well, you can't eat a horse, and you can't harvest anything yes, useful you from absolutely a horse. Can. It's illegal. What in the U.S. You can't eat horse in the U.S. We're gonna come back to this. You can't. You can get it elsewhere. After the commercial break, I'm going to Google whether or not you can eat a horse in the United States. Anyway, Quinlan Voss. <laughs> sure. He's a horse I'd like to eat. No. It's illegal. It's illegal. Well, yes, that for sure is illegal. Eating a human. Human. Yeah, he's human. Yeah. Anyway, um, he's another one of those characters like you had told me about Quinlan Voss and how cool he was before... And just, eh, there was well, one episode. One episode. Where, yeah. yeah. I didn't have a very big um, opinion about him before. Like, I knew about Force Psychometry, which is incredibly cool. Mm-hmm. And I wish that was fleshed out way more. But, you it know. It is in, uh, it's now, we now know of three Force users with it, Quinlan Boss being one, Cal Kestis being the other, and then the protagonist of the Force Collector book. Cal so, yep. Huh. Yep. That's why you got to play the game. I can watch you play the game. But you don't. <laughs> so that's why you don't know that Cal comes with psychometry. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying. Are you turning into Depa Banana? Depa Banana. No, I'm just saying. It's a great game. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like half of my tweets that I see on my timeline are about Jedi Fallen Order. Because it's a great game. <laughs> I'll just, I'll watch you play it again. I uh, probably won't. I'll play it. It was then. so ridiculous to get 100%. Well, you don't have to 100% yes, every single... Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Why get a game if you're not going to complete it? Yet another thing <laughs> that we're going to stick in a conversation to come back to you later. Anyway... Yeah. You keep doing Quinlan it. Voss. You're the one that keeps finding the side trails. He has a banana tattooed over his nose. Uh, no, does not. Uh, it actually was a cultural thing in Legends. I don't know what it serves in canon. Just a um, dope face tat. Yeah, I mean, it's unique. It it makes him stand out. Yeah. Um, yeah, he didn't, he didn't feature much. I mean, it was set up to be a big deal, and I think we talk about it enough in the episodes that we review as far as the hunt for zero, because, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's 
such a buildup when you know you're getting a new Jedi character appearing on the show, uh, only for that to be a one-off. Um, yeah. Ayla Sakura was treated the same way. Yeah. Luminara, uh, I think, got a couple episodes, but by and large, treated the same way. Um, the only real reoccurring Jedi uh, outside of the main cast was um, Yoda and Plo, really. Uh, I, I guess occasionally Mace, but... Occasionally Mace. It, you know, th- they had their revolving door, and I get the production reasons why, but it's always going to be a thing I'm a stickler for, and the Clone Wars focused on five Jedi, yeah. <laughs> and it's just a little narrow. Yeah. Um but so that's what was so great about the proposition of these episodes. And, you know, these would have been the ones to get to know Quinlan boss. These would have been the ones um, to further know Ventress because Ventress did get fleshed out pretty yeah. well in the uh, Clone Wars show. Uh, yeah. You know, she had several episodes to get fleshed out, especially after she was disavowed by Dooku. Yeah. And I, I didn't finish my thought on Ventress, which it slipped my mind because horses. Because you, yeah, because um, apparently horses and eating them yeah. is important. Before you grab your pitchforks and come to our door with your torches to burn us down, I love Ventress now. <laughs> like that was. I don't think I, you said anything problematic. No, I, I mean, like, you stuck. Like it was first it, season Ventress. Yeah, it was first season Ventress, and then as she became more of a character and got more fleshed but, out. I started to absolutely love Ventress. In the show? In the show. Okay. I, listen, man. <laughs> Witchy characters. I love them. I, I mean, I, I would definitely say she was interesting. I didn't like her until the book, though. Really? Yeah. That's it. She, she was very interesting, but I I don't know. I don't know. I, I just feel like there wasn't enough. Again, it's the problem of having so many extra things um, going on mm-hmm. and so many reoccurring things getting focus. I mean, arguably, yes, Aventress can occasionally be one of those reoccurring things. I feel like she was only reoccurring when she was a villain. Once she got interesting and started to get out on her own, mm-hmm. it was once in a blue moon or occasionally when it was interesting, it, it wasn't enough. Um, even now, you know, we don't get enough about Ventress. Yes, we essentially have the ending of her story, uh, but there's still so much that could be told. I mean, there's more of her bounty hunter stories that could probably yeah. be told. Uh, we could actually get detailed uh, playings out of her origins. Uh, you know, like can we get more comics, please? Yeah, I mean, like comics books. I, I, I think there's mediums that serve characters like Ventress um, because I don't think they knew what kind of character they had until. It was too late. I, yeah. I think towards the end, they started to really realize we can do something with this character, but then the show gets canceled and all that plan, all those plans are meaningless at that point because, well, you're out of time. Yeah. Now, luckily we do get this book, but again, it's only because they translated eight episodes into a large book. Uh, it was expanded. It was more detailed. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what really does her character justice for me. I understand that. Um, I definitely feel like there were points in the show where she definitely stood out as a good character. Like the... Um, as a well-written character? As a well-rounded character. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Good can be yeah. can mean a lot. <laughs> <laughs> like the Night Sisters arc. Those episodes were fantastic. And I think they did a lot for making her a sympathetic and interesting character. Yeah. Well, again, those those 
you know, later season episodes are really where they started to dig in. Yeah. Um, you know, it wasn't so much, oh, she's the belittled and mistreated uh, assistant to Dooku. Mm-hmm. No, it's legit trauma. And it's also, um, you know, her finding her true identity. Yeah. Um, going back and, and discovering her true heritage, uh, only to have that taken away. Um, you know, it, it's stuff like that that's far more interesting than her being the villain of the week that just shows up thwarts the villain or thwarts the heroes uh, Kisses minorly. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, is just out. Yeah, I mean, she's like the poster child for you shouldn't fight trauma with anger. Mm-hmm. That never works. Yeah. You need to find help and, I don't know, get in some waters. Well, that's a majority of dark side users and villains yeah. is, you know, they're they're going about the unhealthy path. And you see that when she's training Quinlan and how she teaches him about the dark side and how to use it and what it is. Yeah. It's all problematic views of, of using trauma. Uh, for power, mm-hmm. uh, and it doesn't work. And that backfires. You know, and eventually, you know, she realizes that, and um, it's only because she realizes that that uh, she's able to uh, pass that on mm-hmm. and ultimately be redeemed. Yeah, I mean, we get, like, a full redemption story yes. in this book, and it's fantastic. Which, did you expect that for her character? Not knowing anything about the book, but just in general, when you or when you kind of dig into who she is as a character through the Clone Wars episodes, did you see this, oh, this is a character that's going to turn it around? Mm, I don't know. I don't think I, I thought about it too hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'd say the, the way it came about was unexpected to me. Like, it, finding redemption through love has always been a weird kind of eh thing with me. It's the best redemption because the the dark side is the embodiment of selfishness. Mm-hmm. Love is synonymous with selflessness. So the only way to counter and to turn mm. from the dark to the light is to go from thinking only of yourself to someone else. Um, it you know it's um, it's just. The best way. I, I, I yeah. get what you're saying. I get romantic love, not yeah. just like general. Uh, n- eh, I don't know. It can work both ways. Attachment can, you know, general platonic attachment can also be a, a great selfless motivator as well. Absolutely. I don't love everyone I help. <clears throat> um, not, you know, romantically. You um, better not. But because I do have a love for people, I help people. Yeah. So, you know, that's the idea of you know, we are encouraged to love. Yeah, you know, like it's that idea of technically you're meant, you know, the, the Jedi dogma has attachment built into it. It just doesn't call it that. Yeah. Uh, it calls it helping. It calls it, you know, serving uh, the public. It calls it keeping the peace. You're supposed to do those things because you love people. If you don't love people, why would you do it? Mm-hmm. Why would you seek peace for people you don't love? Um, why would you save someone you don't love why would you save someone if you only care about yourself yeah so you have to you know at the center of the light is caring for others or for someone uh in this case it happens to be romantic yeah yes yes um it could be was familiar. that spoiled for you before going into the book 
No. Their romantic relationship? Absolutely not. Okay. Like that, that came out of nowhere for me. I was like, oh, so, so, dope. So the, Scrappy people. Yeah. So uh, one of the things about this is, I mean, obviously the show was written and made to be produced for kids. The book is not necessarily. No. Um, <laughs> let me double check the. Check the rating. Ranking. Because like. Rating, ranking, I'd say whatever. it's like teen, maybe young adult, that kind of thing. Because. There's no, like, explicitness, but there's some smooching. Uh, it just says novel, and I feel like, in general, they usually specify if it's a graded novel. Mm-hmm. So I feel like this is just a 18 and above novel. Not mm-hmm. that there's anything yeah. in here that anyone under 18 can't handle, but I think, obviously, it wasn't, you know, Christy Golden wasn't writing with kids in mind. No. She was writing to write a believable, real uh, love story. Uh, and I, I think that honestly is what works for me in this is because it's written as a love story, not as a redemption story. Yeah. It's not written with the end in mind being that Ventress is redeemed. It's written in such a way that Ventress falls in love. Mm -hmm. What happens because of that does redeem her. But at the end of the day, the running string across it all is that these are two people trying to find a way to love each other um, mm-hmm. and external factors complicate that, you know, um, as which, it can be sometimes. Yeah. Which is an interesting thing in terms of, uh, so I mean, obviously, and I'm, you know, I guess I should have asked before saying that cause it kind of skews it. I view this as a love story. Yeah. Cle- you know, very clearly. Uh, do you, and how do you feel about these categorized kind of stories in terms of it's a Star Wars love story. It's a Star Wars uh, horror novel. It's a Star Wars thriller. It's a, you know, what? how do you feel about Star Wars fitting into these kinds of general descriptors? Well, to answer your original question, I don't mind it being a love story. Okay. I think that, I think you don't ship I it? No, I'm just kidding. Like I originally thought that it was going to be like, Two scrappy young roustabouts running around the city, scrapping up trouble. I mean, yeah, fist fighting. Yeah, I don't know, stealing. They just happen to have watch. benefits. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean that your your part does happen. Roustabouts with benefits. Roustabouts with benefits. <laughs> anyway, I don't mind the categorization as well. Um, I mean, I'm not saying it is that. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying if I were to recommend this, I would tell people, hey. This is a Star Wars love story if you're into yeah. a little romance in your Star Wars. And I don't usually, like, love concentration on romance. I hate it. Respond- yeah. I, I, I love romantic comedies uh, occasionally. <laughs> I know that you do. Um, Ten Things I Hate About You, Night's Tale, uh, Stardust, Man, it's a Friday night. <laughs> I'm still, like, weirded out that Henry Cavill is in that movie. Which one? Stardust. Oh, uh, Stardust, yeah, because yeah. he doesn't look anything like He does like not himself. look like a, He's wielding a much smaller sword. If you have not, you and I cannot stress this enough, if you have not seen Stardust, okay. do yourself a favor. And also, I know the implication that two of my other ones on this list have um, freaking... Uh, Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger in it. And, and all Henry I can Cavill say about that like is Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger, okay? Right. Come on. The guy's amazing. Man crush every day. Um... Uh, no, yeah, I, and that's what's so great about this, and I guess it's the Star Wars in the love story. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it, it, it happens in a universe and amongst characters I'm interested in. So I think yeah. that's what engages me. And also, I'm stunned that you did not include Just Friends on that list. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's your favorite Ryan Reynolds movie. It's it's amazing. Oh, my gosh. Forgiveness. <laughs> <laughs> I love that movie. Every time we listen to the song, I swear, you do the, I whole, swear. You do the whole dance. I do. I, oh, my delightful. gosh. I used to just YouTube that and watch it over and over. It was sad and I'm sad. But you know what? <laughs> Ryan Reynolds taught me how to love. <laughs> and it involves pancakes and punching a Dusty in the face. Who was Dusty? I, I We had this conversation when we watched this last time, we? Didn't did. We? I don't remember. Because we were both like, wait, we've advanced in age and we know this person somewhere <laughs> else. We've advanced like, do you ever Like, do you ever go back to something you're familiar with and all of a sudden someone you've seen in something else and like you... It completely changes it. Yes, Stardust, Henry Cavill. We've had this conversation. So, like, the guy that played Dusty in that. um, Okay, remind me which character Dusty is. He's the one that did the guitar. Uh, He was the ugly guy that got super handsome and tried to steal um, the girl. But it turned out he was using the same moves on every girl. He wasn't, like... But, like, everybody loved him, remember? Yes, yes, I do. Oh, my gosh. I can't remember. I don't know. I think he's, is he the guy? He wasn't one of the guys from uh, freaking American Pie, was he? He could have been. I don't know. I don't know We're his gonna, name. Listen, there's going to be a lot to Google <laughs> yeah, in the commercial break. There's going to be a lot uh, to do, so we might as so well we, get to it. When we come back from the commercial break, we will update you. We'll have all the answers, and we might continue this conversation about the book Maybe. that we're supposed to be talking about. All right. So, yes, it is legal to eat horse meat in the United States. I don't agree with it. Huffington Post says it's legal. You can huff your post all you want, ma'am. But I don't agree with it. Hey, hey, eat my shorts. It's legal. Is that legal? (laughs) Is any any newfangled thing you want in America legal nowadays? Eat my horse shorts. It's going to be on our next (laughs) t-shirt. Eat my horse shorts. And the guy who played Dusty on uh, Just Friends, his name is Chris Klein. And yes, he was an American. There we go. We we do know the the connections that that were there. So (laughs) Um, this is, guys, this is what happens. Uh, You know what? This is what happens when you donate. Don't, don't donate to Patreon. I'm gonna This is what happens when you do donate to Patreon. We're just oh yeah, but then you pay for it, and then it's your fault. <laughs> you pay. You're for doing. This. You're that. You're doing this to yourself for free. So who's the real fool? You're paying for our internet bill so that we can Google weird stuff. In the uh, right. Our yes, we're probably gonna get swatted for uh, googling horse meat. <laughs> so well, it's better uh, than the rest of my search it. history. Yeah, which is octopus top hat. Um, so hit us back with your uh, top rom coms, okay? Uh, they're not oh. gonna be better than what I listed. Um, I hate rom coms. I'm but, sorry. Well, it's fine. You got to find the right ones. I like Stardust. Yeah, Stardust is amazing. Stardust is fantastic because um, it's a fantasy book. Like Ten Things game. I Hate About You is amazing. It is. It's a movie. It's great. It's a movie. It's got Heath Ledger with Night's black Tale. emo hair. Night's Tale is amazing. That one's amazing. It's I fantastic. actually used. A pickup line from that movie. <laughs> and it's ridiculous. No, I didn't. No, wait, which one? No, it's the one where it's like, you know, now I know how Gideon felt when he begged God to stop the sun so he could have a longer day. If I could do the same, I would do for that for you. Like when he's at the bar, the, yeah. the party. Yeah, I used that. I used that once. Gross. 
she didn't like it. <laughs> so it wasn't me because I would have. That's that's how that's how we got together though was because of my stupid pickup lines. Yes, and, absolutely. You know, it was because of your Star Wars shirt. That is true. Star Wars it brings people together. It do. Uh, sometimes a little closer than other people. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, you know, there you go. Yeah. Um. But anyway, yeah. Let us know your favorite rom coms. Um. I wouldn't categorize categorize this as a rom com though. Yeah. Uh, there is a, a good amount of levity as there is with there any is. Star Wars. I mean, there's some cute banter. Well, you've got a character like uh, Quinlan Voss, uh, who he's not quite anti-hero in that he's gruff and doesn't play by the rules. It's more no. so that he's just a kind of free spirit. He's very yeah. He's he's got to talk back for everything. He's not your daddy's Jedi. Um, you know, and he can easily meet back Obi-Wan's levels of sass with his own sort of sarcasm and, yeah. and everything. And so when when you get a character like that with a very easily irritable character like Ventress, mm-hmm. you know, ridiculousness does ensue and, and certain things um, do kind of get you chuckling. <laughs> so for the actual story of this... Uh, <laughs> Because that's the point of, of our gathering today. Supposedly. Um, I feel like we're already doing Christy Golden a disservice and Katie Lucas. Uh, which also, um, I believe it was included with the uh, book itself. I don't remember mm-hmm. reading it when I read the book. Because you don't read epilogues. Uh, well, it wasn't an epilogue. It was a... a Note? Yeah, it was a afterword uh, or whatever. Something like that. Um, from Katie Lucas. She actually wrote these episodes and wrote several episodes for uh, Clone Wars. And it's a very, very heartfelt little thing. Um, you know, it's even read on the audiobook, which we listened to this time around. It was really nice. Um, and, you know, she shares a, a very good memory of um, seeing uh, her dad's joy when he would see people's joy of Star Wars. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I have to imagine that being a Star Wars creator is very uh, rewarding in that sense. And, and when, you know, when you see people enjoy what you enjoy, I mean, we can say, you know, even on our little thing, our little podcast, you know, when people like it and, and send little notes and say little things like uh, it seems just friendly, but I mean, it means a lot. Yeah. Um, so with something as big as Star Wars, I can only fathom what it's like to sit back and watch people watch it and fall in love with it you know Mm -hmm. um and the beauty of star wars is all of the varieties of stories that it tells yeah so getting a story like this that is arguably a love story um is a focus on very black and white characters boba hey what do we tell you about opinions in the podcast you don't have any until they donate to patreon you can't speak on the podcast man Boba, it's not tug of war. She's taking it away. She's taking away the shark because you can't be responsible with it. Goodness gracious, he's a heathen. He gets it from his mother. Hey, <laughs> you're right. Yeah. <laughs> Boba, no, not allowed. Did you? I feel like Django had these conversations. We could edit this out, but we're not going to. We could, but we're um, not. So, yeah, to get stories like this, uh, you know, these are not uh, the heroic uh, protagonists that we grew up watching Star Wars. Um, These are not the morally simple uh, 
characters. Um, yeah. You know, yeah, Luke, Leia, and Han all get complex when you dig in. Mm-hmm. But just watching the movie, they're very clearly the good guys, and they're very clearly doing the right things. Yeah. Um, I mean, I feel like some people would disagree with me on that, but they're made that way so that in two hours, you can understand and relate with them. They're simple in that they're not necessarily not complex, Yeah. but they're complex in a way that you can solve very even, quickly. Yeah, even if that makes sense. with the bad guys. like Oh, yeah. Like, you, you know, in film... When you have a limited amount of time and resource to to tell a story, mm-hmm. you have to insinuate a lot. But essentially, you have to be as it appears on the surface. Absolutely. So for all intents and purposes, while there may be depth to the characters, they are who they appear to be. Absolutely. And that's um, what I was going to say. Like, even with, I mentioned in my episode, Darth Maul. Like, he is an incredibly interesting, well-written, deep character. Still the bad guy, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, absolutely. He's very much the bad guy. Yeah. He's sympathetic. Um, so we still bad guy. But when you get when you get more time, when you get eleven hours, yeah. and I, we keep referencing that just because that I I, I know that number mm-hmm. uh, from the audiobook. I don't know how many pages or whatnot, but a lot. And it might not take you eleven hours to get through this if you read fast. But um, when you get eleven hours versus two hours, mm-hmm. I mean, even if you add up the or complete original trilogy, that's only six hours. Um, and even then, there's time skips. You know, there's jumps in time. So even though it's six hours, you're not getting all of their development. So, like, you know, you have to see that there's a benefit to uh, storytelling through novels uh, and TV shows that's not there in films. Mm -hmm. So to get that teased out here with very interesting, dynamic and morally complex characters. um, Yeah, it's it's really special. Um, Not many. Not many. Uh, creators, uh, filmmakers, although I would say George Lucas is just a maker at this point because he's dabbled in almost everything. Right. Um, You know, not many people get to make something so diverse and dynamic Mm -hmm. that we could one day be talking about this. We could be talking about what was arguably at one point a background villain and an extra on the set of episode one. Like, this is what they've become because of Star Wars. Like, it... Shredder in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comics. He was only in the first yeah, issue. That's, and he died. Yeah, the originals. Yeah. Um, yeah, he wasn't. That well, they didn't know their next issue would happen. Though, exactly. Too. So yeah, and I think that's the beauty of making things that can exist on there. You can watch any episode, and I feel like some people would argue with me on like episode three and episode five and um, some of the. Uh, parts of the sequels but for all intents and purposes i'll stand by you can watch each of them by themselves yeah if you gave a kid one of them like they'd be did. able to watch it and it's a complete uh it's a complete story of itself now can that complete story connect with other complete stories to make a new complete story sure that's how you get a trilogy that's how you get a saga but each one can be taken you know yeah. as their own and, and that that's it's compelling it's great but it's also motivating oh yeah for the creator because you've got to do a lot of work to make sure this i mean you know even jj ryan and jj uh approached their episodes that way of i've got to tell this story yeah you know even episode nine i've got to tell this episode story now when you put it together it becomes a complete saga but each episode has to stand on their own um 
And so it's motivating to, I've got to get a lot done in this. I've got to, mm-hmm. I've got to get, you know, and I mean, even taking these episodes, I've, I've got to get a lot done. I've got to get Ventress to be a vulnerable, relatable, and redeemable character. Yeah. I've got to get Quinlan to be a likable, agreeable, uh, and arguably interesting character because essentially he had no character development as far as the Clone Wars. Basically. I mean, all of his stuff was in Legends. And I've got to do all of that in this many episodes in this much time, or later on, I have to do it in this one book. I get one book mm-hmm. to do all of this, which arguably, I mean, knowing that it was two arcs, there is a clear divide in the book, but they could have easily gone with a two book thing. Yeah. And I'm not saying cut it exactly where it is, but I like they could have expanded even more. Mm-hmm. Um I do, I, I do really praise Christy for expanding the love story aspect. Yes. Uh, I, I don't know how I would have felt about it in the episodes because, as we mentioned, you know, being four kids primarily, mm-hmm. um, nothing in this is, you know, yeah. racy, but <laughs> it would have been a lot of meaningful looks. Yeah, it would. Characters. Right. Yeah, it wouldn't have been as much touchy feely. Um, it would. I don't think yeah. it would have been as overt. Like even them walking no. in the gardens holding hands. Not, not that. Not not that anyone would complain. Oh, they're holding hands. Then you know, next next comes making babies, and uh, singing leads to dancing. <laughs> uh, you know it. I, I don't think it would have been a pushback. I just think, like, it would have been a lot of implied yeah. closeness. Much like with Anakin and Padme's relationship. Like, they smooch a handful of times in the Clone Wars. Yeah, but like, you then, really just don't, you don't push it because it's a kid's show. That's exactly. that's a side story to the kids. Like They know it's happening, but I'm not sh- tuning in at 9 a.m. on Saturday for that. Yeah. I'm tuning in to watch a guy get punched in the face. <laughs> Um, specifically in the arc where Anakin gets jealous. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so no, yeah, I, I think that it could have even gone further. I think, you know, anything in star Wars could go further than it goes, mm-hmm. but that's where we get books and comics and all these other fillers exactly. and everything. So the, the, the story of this is very, 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 very interesting to me. Oh, absolutely. Um, not just the love story. I, I think that's the primary. But the implications. The secondary plot is um, that the Jedi are essentially vote, I guess, yeah. to uh, attempt to assassinate Count Dooku. Who at this point, is he a known Sith? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, they know. Good. I was about to sound stupid. Um at this point, he's a known Sith and just a political adversary and a former Jedi. So they have reason. Well, I think we'll get to some of that. Some of the Venn diagram of that statement later. Um, yeah. I, I guess from a military standpoint, yes, they do have a reason. Mm-hmm. And that's the moral ambiguity of this. They yeah. are not military. Exactly. Um you know, this is this is Palpatine's whole ploy, is to break the Jedi by their making them move away from their morals. Mm-hmm. He can't beat them. He can't kill them all yet. Yeah. Uh, but he can get them to to depart from what they stand for. Exactly. Arguably, I do more damage to you by getting you to stand like to to one eighty your beliefs uh, or to go against your values than yeah. I do in just killing you. Yeah, because you're the one ruining your life. Exactly. Um, and I, I have notes specifically on that later, but like, it, it's this, 
it's this idea of the greater victory would have been if it if the Jedi had technically won, mm-hmm. but won in such a way that there's no victory at all. Exactly. Um, there's no victory to be happy about. Uh, you know, I mean, I think to episode two when Yoda's like, this wasn't a victory. We didn't win today. We started a war. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and basically that's been plaguing the whole story ever since. It's just, What's it going to look like when this is all done, man? Mm-hmm. I mean, what are the Jedi going to look like? There, there was no end where the Jedi just went back to normal. I mean, you can't. You've made exactly. children child soldiers. You've made peacekeepers generals. I mean what happens? Yep. Uh, you know, it's, it's crazy. And so I'm not saying specifically that Palpatine foresaw that this would happen, but I know for a fact that he knew he was going to get them to question how far they could go. Yeah. I think that he was very much of the, um, school of thought of people are predictable. Mm-hmm. That is a truth that is all throughout the star Wars. Yeah. Um, and they'll, they'll, for all intents and purposes, fall in the same categories they always fall into. Yeah. Um, you know, what's very scary about it is the over-justification and, and the stuff like you say, mm-hmm. where, like, do do they have a reason? Don't they? Um, I mean, it's a, it's a deep, deep, deep uh, conversation. I mean, I yeah. could really pull out some of my opinions in general, in yeah. terms of of uh, how things are handled, but I think by and large, it's all agreeable that this is not the kinds of conversations Jedi should be having. Oh yeah, like my first note when we started listing is Mace Windu lusts for blood, <laughs> literally. <laughs> well, and this isn't the only time we're going to come to a point where man, the Jedi are very quick to make some yes very questionable moral decisions mm-hmm. um you know and that's the that's the horror of prolonged war is you get to you get very yeah. desperate to end stuff you get very desperate to just get it over with exactly and and their whole idea keep in mind they view dooku as the head of this snake and if they cut that off it all falls apart as but i guarantee as soon as all of that would have happened Palpatine had a plan. Of course he did. If it had ever happened that Dooku was killed, it it would have gone to plan whatever number we're on. H. And so, uh, but this is exactly what he wanted this war to do to the Jedi. He didn't necessarily want to beat them. He -hmm. wanted them to put themselves precariously on the edge, and then he would just push them over. Um, So, what's even worse about it, is that they, you know, they unanimously decide. Actually, what's really bad about it is Obi Wan recommends, and they unanimously agree that Quinlan is the best person for this. Yeah. Um, the reasonings behind this are some that I get. Okay, he's, you know, to to understand Quinlan, it's not explored a lot, so f- you'll be forgiven if you didn't know this, but. Mm-hmm. In canon, yes, he is sort of the liaison to the underworld. Yeah. He's the guy that goes undercover. He's the guy that plays the streets. He doesn't necessarily, um, like, so much so that if you, well, not if you, me, when I see him in Jedi robes, it doesn't work. It looks wrong because of what I know he does for a living. It's just like, yeah. 
oh, you're, you're wearing a suit. Cool. I didn't know you owned one. <laughs> like it, it, it's one of those things where it's just like, that's not you. You are, not, you know, for, for all intents and purposes of the religious, uh, very legalistic view that you would probably imagine a Jedi, you probably think of Mace Windu. You probably think of Obi-Wan. Yeah. Uh, if you think of Jedi as heroism, you probably think of like Luke and Ray and Obi-Wan. But when you think of Jedi, very rarely would you think of Quinlan Boss? Yeah. I'm not saying you can't, and I'm not using that against his character. I think he's a very interesting character. But their reasoning behind suggesting this for him is he's the least Jedi of the Jedi, arguably. Mm-hmm. Um, Which seems to work for them. Therefore, they don't really care. Yeah. Uh, so, and also, I guess if you want to send somebody who's believably not a Jedi undercover, I mean... It does make sense. the The problems I have with this are, and it's in in, it's not necessarily implied in the story, but I almost feel like it gives them a way out if it goes wrong. Exactly. They could easily say he did something rogue. It was unsanctioned. Yeah. We don't. We know. knew this would happen. Right. Like it, it's basically like, of course he's he's a bad apple. We can't. You know, we should have seen yeah. this. Co- it it so in in the military there are actually. There are actually people in the deep special forces that take missions knowing they would be disavowed if it fails. Mm-hmm. Basically, you're taking this knowing if it goes wrong, we don't know who you are. We never did. And we never talked about this. Yeah, I saw 18. I remember. <laughs> I mean, well, no, that's not how that worked. <laughs> uh, they were disavowed, though. But um, no, like these are actual they, they were disavowed. They were betrayed. Yeah. For the wrong reasons, they weren't justfully, justifiably, just justifiably, justifiably uh, betrayed. Um, that was a good movie, though. It, it's for the sake of keeping government and and higher uh, ranks hands very clean in yeah. terms of we're sending you in for this because we need it done, and if it works, we take the victory. If it doesn't, we never sent you on this mission. Um, again, it keeps an arm's length between things, and I really feel like. You know, this is one of those instances where if something had gone wrong, they would have just disavowed him. And they would have just said, we didn't know what he was doing. He's always been a little problematic. You know, I mean, you know, we, we can't keep up with all the hundreds of Jedi we have. And, yeah. you know, we just, we're just sorry that this one bad apple got out there. And, uh, you know, I I just, I'm, I got that vibe. Again, it's not necessarily implied, but yeah. that extra layer of... uh sort of I, I'm trying to think of the legal term yeah there's a legal term for like if I send you to go get groceries and you go get groceries and like but rob the person up for those groceries yeah like I'm not held accountable like if you He's go the fall guy uh well no that's not the legal term but it but f- uh, sort of it's the idea of if you get caught doing that and you say, well, he sent me to do it. I'll say, I sent you for groceries. I didn't send you to rob the grocery store. Yeah. So It's the whole, I hear you paint houses kind of thing. What? Have you never heard? <laughs> no. Okay, so in the mob, that's a term for a hit guy, is I heard you paint houses. Oh. You're looking for yeah. Cool. Yeah, you right? watched The Sopranos. <laughs> I listen I to True Crime Podcasts. Um, I watched a GQ thing on a real-life gangster talking about... Uh, stuff forget about it that was really cool <laughs> no it, it was from yeah. gq 
Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he talks about the forget about it thing. Yeah. Okay. I was gotcha. there when you watched the video. I thought you were saying that is like the, the title. Never no. mind. That was awkward. <laughs> um, yeah, there's some legal term to where someone can technically hire you for something not knowing what you're going to do. Yeah. And they can't be held accountable if you do that, if that makes sense. I get you. Uh, it's, it, it's this weird, blurry area. Pla- yes, plausible yeah. deniability. Because basically, I I don't know you. <laughs> if, if something goes wrong, I don't know you. Um, and so it's, it's, it's like uh, um, Independence Day. They didn't tell the president about the alien so that he could have deniability. Is that a... That's a thing. Plot line? That is a plot line. He, with the, when he walks oh, onto oh, that area. Oh, oh yeah, okay. I, th- I thought you yeah. were talking about the actual invasion. No, like the, <laughs> the thing, the fact that they've known yes. about aliens. Gotcha. Plausible deniability. Gotcha. So when he's in the camera saying there's no such thing as aliens, he's yeah. speaking his truth. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, Which is something that I can 100% believe with our current administration. Yeah. Uh, I mean, unfortunately, though, the Jedi are very... I won't say hands-on with it, but clear. I mean, they, they are the one like Obi-Wan's yeah. the first one when he gives Quinlan the job, he's like, Hey, you should probably go to talk to Ventress because yeah. number one, she knows Dooku. Number two, she's in the underworld. She could probably get you some connections, you know, like not yeah. only are you sending him on the job, but you're pointing him in the direction. And like, it's just very, exactly. very, very problematic. It's so it's incredibly bad. Pro- and the fact that it's Obi-Wan doing the yeah. go between that's, it's- well, and that's a very interesting um, part of this story is that Obi-Wan, for so much of it, has to be the one. Yeah. He's the carrier. He's the he, contact point. Yeah, he's the one that um, most engages with Voss. He's the one that yeah. misses the meetings. So, like, there, And not only that, but, well, I don't know if this is part of canon, but in Legends, they grew up together. Yeah. Um, they trained together as Padawans. Um, they came in very similar age and so they connected. And so there's this implied, at least for me, coming from Legends, where I knew more about Quinlan Voss, um, there's this implied brotherly friendship to them yeah. um, that makes it so much more of a tragedy. Yeah. It's so sad. I, I It's it's a tough story when it, you dig into the, the complexity of it. Like, I was going in, like, first couple of chapters thinking, oh, this is a fun spy romance now we're gonna kill a guy fun times <laughs> and then all of a sudden i just get hit with this baseball bat in the stomach and just <laughs> yeah uh well and i think some of that's why i enjoy it uh as well is not just that it's yes. a well-done love story but it deals with a lot of um storytelling that i enjoy i like military based i like espionage i like tragedies i like a yep. lot of things that appear in this story um i also like very hard to love good guys like Quinlan Voss. Um, yeah. He's always been a very interesting character me to me from the, the legends standpoint. Um, I'm very glad that so much of his story from legends does come in here. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, master Thome being Canon. Um, Thome was pivotal in the dark horse clone wars comics. Mm-hmm. And um, to have him Canon, uh, for this is uh, very, very interesting. Yeah. Uh, his death is very different, but I like that it changed for the sake of the story. Um, Quinlan turning to the dark side, totally a thing in the in Legends. Just out of nowhere for me. Um, it's a little bit more built up, and it lasts a lot longer. 
in yeah. uh, the comics. In, in the uh, original Clone Wars comics, it's a big part of the story. Uh, Quinlan is one of the window characters of the Dark Horse comics in that he's one of the main perspectives that we see the dozens of stories through. He's not the only one, but one of the major ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, you get a lot more time. Um, you know, his whole deal of undercover work and the the reason he turning him turning to the dark side happened because of his undercover work. All of these things um, are elements from legends that are highlighted and refined. Um, they do happen a lot quicker uh, because again, you got one book to do this. Mm-hmm. You've got eight episodes to do this. So again, something I don't know if it would have translated as well if it hadn't have happened in a book. Yeah. How would you like to have read the original outline for these episodes? I think um, it would be interesting to be a fan I, I think it'd be interesting to compare. Um, yeah. apparent, you know, Christy talked about when when she talked about expanding it, she talked about how uh, it was light because it was written as a script, not, it's not like, you know, you have to keep in mind, um, these are scripts they're yeah. adapting. These aren't like, they didn't write a story and then make it animated. Like it's very simple stuff of Quinlan says this, Ventress says this, the exterior looks like this, like very simple. So Christy actually had, a, shut up Siri. Siri is, how much of that did she catch? It just says, it just says, what's 37? What is 37? What is 37? Um, so all that to say, you know, uh, to, to downplay, I don't want to give anyone not enough or too much credit. Um, you know, Katie Lucas obviously writing the outlines for these yeah. was instrumental. But clearly what Christie did to translate it to a novel is instrumental because yeah. novel versus script are two very different things. I, I praise Katie because I know these would have been amazing episodes, mm-hmm. but I'm so glad we got what we got in the way that we got it. Because yeah. at the heart of Christie's novel is Katie's script, mm-hmm. but with all of the colorful parts filled in. Absolutely. I mean, specifically in my mind, the emotion of the last few scenes of the book. Oh, yeah. They would have been vastly different. Yeah, from like, I want to say, so from like, Chapter 33-ish, 30-ish on, Yeah, is, it's nonstop, it's punching you in the face. You're getting hit with a shovel. It's a lot. Um, and it's meant to be that way. Yeah. And, and, you know, you really feel the stakes that, the, yeah. the, that everyone's dealing with because the same way you, you don't have time to process, oh, wait, that happened. Oh, my gosh. Wait, didn't that just, wait, hang on. Yeah. That's how the characters feel. So you're Absolutely. really- steeping in what they're feeling mm-hmm. um which really gets you engaged and uh invested in what happens next. absolutely and i think it's a very well-written relationship as well like i again something great benefiting long-form writing absolutely um and and you know as we kind of already talked about you wouldn't have seen the same things yeah. in the show like they don't sh- they don't shy away no not I mean, at all like you get a scene of very concise accountability between partners. Like I, mm. I don't appreciate oh, what you're doing right now. I still yeah, love you. Here's the thing. But I don't like it. We're praising that. Oh, Hey, a relationship with actual physical affection with actual realistic, like, you know, playings out of 
uh, anxious emotions and all that. Like there's a lot of cute stuff, but then there's real stuff, especially from Ventress. Um, and, and that, you know, that's where you see, she made the shift to selflessness because she's not angry because of herself. She's angry because she sees someone she loves doing something so stupid. Right. And she's the kind of person like you, well, as she said in her own words, you don't tell her what to do. Exactly. Uh, so she's stubbornly selfless, I'll say, Mm -hmm. but yeah, like seeing legit relationship goals, in, in there or, or maybe not necessarily always goals but seeing yeah. real things to take note of exactly like kids you want to know how we got here the lack of communication <laughs> so there's there's a lot that plays out that's really real and only can happen when you're not necessarily stuck writing a kid's show yeah and it's one of those things that we can point to you as a married couple as like yes do that please <laughs> right uh, yeah, I mean, like anyone in a relationship can see value in some of the things happening and can see the danger in yeah. other things happening. Um, it really stands out to you. All right, kids, hate to do it to you, but because uh, <laughs> because we uh, couldn't stay on topic, but also stay too much on topic. Right. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> what was worse, um, but nonetheless, um, we're going to pause it here. Um, and just a unanimous, oh, mm-hmm. uh, this is going to end up being a part one. This is what happens when we have an idea of where we're going, but we don't necessarily have a set. Oh, by yeah. the fifth minute, we've got to talk about, you know, we just don't do the podcast that way. We used to, and it was boring. Uh, well, yeah, I guess that's it was the way to chore. put it. It was, it was more difficult than just saying what felt right saying what we what we were thinking in that moment you know it's just hard to script everything and hopefully you guys can appreciate that and understand um but that doesn't mean you have to wait until next week for part two because well we're just going to keep talking but we'll post it later so um this uh this should come out on thursday part one and then friday we will hopefully have part two out to you and then we'll still have rebels rewatch and then we'll still have an episode next week. So you're getting a double dose uh, this week. Um, hopefully you enjoy it. And I mean, if anything, it's just giving more uh, time to discuss all the finer details. We've done a really good job character-summizing. Um, that's most of what we've done because – and that should speak to the value of the characters of Quinlan Voss and Ventress in that they're so interesting. All we've done is talk about them so far. Yeah. Um, and we've kind of set up the major plot. So – Next week, we can actually, not next week, sorry, uh, next episode, we can actually talk details of the story. Um, and with having a whole nother episode to do it, yeah. we have even more time. Exactly. Yay. Yay. So double dose this week. Hopefully you'll appreciate it, understand. Um, if not, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, we'll look forward to getting that out very, very soon um, and talking about that. And uh, in the meantime, though, definitely let us know what you think of the characters um, of Quinlan and Ventress. Obviously, you know how we feel by now. Um, not only that, but let us know your favorite rom-coms, because apparently that's uh, in- interesting and divisive. <laughs> or if you're like me and you don't like rom-coms. What's your alternative? What's your favorite Ninja Turtle? Raphael. Donatello. The leader of the turtles. He's not the leader of the turtles. He's the true leader of the okay, turtles. The, the leader is always red. Says, the leader the is always red. Says, I don't care what Leonardo the theme song says. He's the leader in blue. 
Leonardo thinks he's the leader and he's wearing blue. Splinter tells him so many times that he's the leader. That's why he's training Leonardo specially. It sounds like favoritism. I'm pretty sure the Bible said no to that. I need that to stop. Give and this, I, I need you to... Give I, that scripture here's the rough, thing. You're, you're praising Saul. I need you to look over to David, the true hero hey, of Zion. Okay. Hey. You're all Pokemon Go. I need you to Pokemon now. <laughs> who's all right, let's settle let's settle this. Who's the leader of the Ninja Turtles and who's the best Ninja Turtle? The answer to both is the same. <laughs> Raphael. I'm gonna need you to stick your head in the toilet. Nolan it. North, back me up on this. Um anyway. Nolan <laughs> North doesn't listen to our podcast. You don't know. Me and Nolan North go way back. I've played the Uncharted. <laughs> I've listened to a Transformer. Um so specifically one. Uh, well, he played several, actually. Okay. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, we will be back with another insane episode, and maybe we'll so actually talk else. about it. Uh, please come back. Please don't pe- don't 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 lose don't hope in me. us. Don't lose hope in us. We promise we'll talk about Dark Disciple more next time because it's so great. We have to. Uh, in the meantime, um, definitely check out other Star Wars awesome people over at Red5Network.com. There's a whole slew of podcasters over there that you can listen to in that the meantime. Stay on topic. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, Force Losers is pretty bad at it too, but I'm okay with that. They're like cool them. guys, so it's okay. That's the shout um, out of the week. There you go, shout out of the week. But there'll be another one. You've got to tune in Friday to hear the next shout out of the week. Um, but yeah, check them out. They're awesome people. Um, if nothing else, they'll keep your timelines and social medias uh, very entertaining. Um, also check out Game Infinite. Um, they just posted uh, a very interesting article, the top 30 superheroes of yeah. media. And so number um, one is... Number, uh, I'm not going to spoil that, uh, but I will say I don't agree with it. Uh, and so... Is it Superman? I, dig- I don't agree with it, okay? Why don't you like That's, Superman? I'm going to leave it John? at that uh, because I don't like Jesus heroes, okay? Okay. <laughs> um, that's another episode. Maybe maybe Let's pizza talk about and, Gaku. Maybe maybe there. Pizza and Parsecs will invite me to talk about my hatred of the most beloved DC character. And that's why we fight. <laughs> um, but uh, because it's so interesting and divisive, I'd love for you guys to check out Game Infinite. Go to gameinfinite.net, check out their latest article. Uh, it's promising to be a conversation starter and then let us know what you think. Um, but, uh, Game Infinite posts all kinds of cool stuff, obviously blogs and articles, but also gameplay. They stream, um, they post cosplay art. They will keep your social medias filled with awesomeness of all kinds of genres. So, uh, definitely check out them. Uh, and in the meantime, stay awesome, stay fresh, stay salty. Shave the whales. No, (laughs) no. Gosh dang it. May the force be with you. Shave the whales.